Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 108 of the War in Israel. Uh, I will be joined by Morgan shortly. Today we're talking about Chang Uger. It's not the first time. Uh, I really hope it's the last time because when we talk about Chang, I have to watch some of his stuff. I think you've seen one. You've seen it all pretty much. Uh, Chang's shtick is, uh, you know, to be angry. He's angry about everything, which kind of, uh, you know, I, I think it kind of... Uh, defeats the purpose of some things you really do need to be angry about, but also, um, yeah, his, his, uh, his reasoning is, uh, you know, let's, let's just call it flawed and weak. And, and, uh, for some reason, when he does, uh, when he's talking about Israel, he does debates, which Chink, I know you're watching this. I know you're our number one fan. Uh, you really should not be debating people because it does not make you look good. Your audience loves your anger. Uh, they'll listen to you no matter how angry you are and about what. But when you are debating someone um, that, uh, you know, you, you're you're exposing yourself to a new audience, which probably is not buying your bullshit. Uh, Morgan, you are uh, joining us, I see, from a different setup. You had some technical issues, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I think Chenk would be probably better off if he had some technical issues. So let's let's talk about some specifics. I mean, I uh, I, I watched some of his uh, recent debates or some parts of some of them. I uh, you know I'm a selfish person. There's a limit to how much I'm willing to endure of that. I think you have probably watched more. So do you have any any kind of opening remarks? Any uh, general comments on Schenk and his crusade against Israel? Before we go into Schenk and his crusade crusade against uh, reality as it applies to Israel. Yeah, for sure. I'll quickly, I'll be on in my laptop in a second as well. So we'll be off this slightly odd uh, camera angle. But <clears throat> I think my thing about Chenkin, this is my thought about Chenkin in general. And it struck me with these debates and it struck me with just his behavior on the Young Turks for years now. Um, and that's just how, I guess you'd say unprofessional he is, how kind of um, crass and how kind of um, how much unintelligence he communicates in his behavior, because his whole manner is not to really kind of um, debate in an intelligent way or kind of have a cut and thrust of argument. It's to kind of, he'll kind of listen to what someone says, kind of insult them vaguely and then kind of parrot their words back to them in a stupid voice. Um, so it's amazing to me that someone like him who does that kind of thing, who engages in those kind of behaviors has this career speaking, you know, it's, it doesn't seem, it seems like either in his time, years of doing it, he would have developed proper skills in that or he would have um you know he or or he would have stopped doing it or he wouldn't have been successful so that's so he was doing his usual kind of shtick i guess um so that was the main thing and then also i, I i'm well, we'll go into this later but just some i, I was thinking how does someone end up like this because i think he's in a way quite representative of a lot of the people who are really entrenched in that position because i don't think it's through diligently looking at the facts trying to understand the history trying to come to a rational position i think it's i mean you know spoiler for, for what i think about it but i think it's through tribalism really i think that's what it really is yeah and we are going to give chank the benefit of the doubt uh that he believed what he said rather, rather than uh does it for the audience although i don't think if that's if that makes it better but uh you know there have been people alex jones i think at some point uh actually admitted that what he's saying is bullshit but people buy it so he's selling it um 
I I don't know. I don't know if that is the case with Cenk. I assume not. I mean, one of the one of the uh, things I saw in preparation for today was uh, early on. I think it's from October when he was talking to Pierce Morgan. I think Pierce Morgan. I've, I've been resisting doing an episode about him, but he deserves uh, the ARC UK daily objective treatment at some point. Um, so uh, this was early on, and and um, he was saying, of course, he was doing the things that some on the anti-Israel side do, which is pay lip service to, you know, Hamas is bad, and so on. And at some point, he says, uh, he's talking about his Jewish friends, and he says, you know, some of my, and then he stops himself and goes, uh, friends are Jewish, and, you know, I've been friends for years. <laughs> he could see that he was about to say, some of my best friends are Jews, and, um, you know, stopped himself. And, uh, but, but yeah, he hasn't stopped himself from the essence of the the argument and the um, anti-Israel case, which again, if it's not anti-Semitism, it, it, you you have to ask the question: why is why why is it that you're particularly obsessed with that one state that happens to be Jewish, happens to be the closest thing to a free country uh, by a country mile in in the Middle East? Um, and yeah, that that is uh, that is what we what we see from Cenk in uh, recent months that is his main focus um yeah so the, I, one of the ones that i rewatched in anticipation of this was his debate he did i think it would have been in november i can't quite remember when um that he did with douglas murray um on on piers morgan this was because i think i think Cheng did he do one directly with piers morgan then he did one with douglas murray and piers morgan there was one there was one in uh late december or mid to late December with Douglas Murray on Pierce Morgan. Yeah, that was the previous time we uh, we dedicated a whole episode for Cheng on this uh, on the show. Yeah, that one that he was on especially bad form in that one. Um, and to be fair, although I you know I have a lot of good things to say about Douglas Murray, Douglas Murray wasn't completely on top form in that one. I don't think. But um, so I mean, Douglas Murray tries to get him a little bit by saying that he's too concerned with the Jews, with the Jewish state. That's what really bothers him. And it might be that because believe me, there's a, obviously there's a lot of that going on that people aren't really wanting to admit to. Um, and I and as I said, I think it's tribalism that's going on. So certainly that would feed into the tribalism. But I wonder whether it's almost one step removed for him because maybe he is anti-Semitic, but maybe I don't know. Maybe he isn't in the sense that I think I think maybe what it's coming from is just is a a kind of second-handedness. So. When I said, how do people end up in these positions? I think probably what it is, is he kind of wanted to be kind of lefty, kind of be progressive when he was younger. He kind of knew this was the lefty progressive line uh, to be pro, um, to be pro-Palestine. Um, he's from a Muslim background and a lot of Muslims, I think, are kind of tribally um, in favor of the Palestinian cause because they feel a kind of loyalty to it. They've, they kind of feel like they would be persecuted. Um, he also tried to accuse Douglas Murray of being um, Islamophobic and racist in that in that uh, debate on the on absolutely no grounds at all. And I wonder whether it's I wonder whether it's that actually it's the kind of um, it's just the kind of tribalism to he wants to be lefty. So he's pro-Palestine and he's also is a Muslim. So he's kind of defensive of what he views as the Muslim position on this. So therefore he's pro-Palestine. Um, I wonder whether it's that then kind of active anti-Semitism. I might be wrong. Um, do you think that's plausible? Uh, it might be plausible. I, I wondered because he he um, self-identifies as 
Muslim or from a Muslim background, I'm not even sure I understand. Uh, I, I I keep thinking when I watch him, you know, his cortisol levels might must be spiking all over the place. And what really helps regulate that is is some, uh, you know, streaky bacon that's perfect for it. So uh, maybe that is the solution to uh, whatever ails Chang. But uh, we, we were talking yesterday on the reality show Extra about, uh, you know, the, the debate he did with Destiny were right at the start. Um, he was asked is what Israel doing in Gaza genocide? And he says it depends on how you define genocide, which of course is is always the case with anything you say. Uh, now, in in this uh, uh, more um, yeah, the the one I saw from uh, from October with Pierce Morgan, he says at some point uh, about the occupation that it's bigotry by definition. So Chenk has some sort of uh, war here on definitions, which I think he would uh, he would it's kind of necessary for him to push the line that he's pushing. Do you understand? Because he he didn't uh, explain, and of course Pierce Morgan didn't ask him. Uh, but how is uh, the occupation, whatever uh, objections people have to what they call the occupation, how is that bigotry by definition? And um, yeah, any thoughts on what uh, depends on how you define genocide? actually means in terms of how the, the the Palestinian propaganda machine works and what Cenk is kind of admitting by by bringing that question up. So as to how it's bigotry by definition, um, I suppose what he's getting at is that if if you were to really understand Israel to be an occupying power, then I suppose occupying powers often employ um, prejudicial attitudes, bigotry, condescending views of their opponents in some way um, to dehumanize them, something like that. I, I would have to imagine that's the kind of thinking he's getting at there. So, or maybe just that to engage in occupation of a, of some other people, you have to be a bigot in some way. I, I guess I don't know. You're asking me to really, um, you know, draw blood from a stone. Yeah, I, I threw you into that question uh, <laughs> and, and didn't tell you it was coming. So uh, there was another point he made. That was, uh, I found absolutely shocking. I'll get to it in a minute, but I will thank uh, Catherine. I'll thank Bonnie. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you, Christian, for your super chat. Christian says, Chenk is really incredibly bad in debates. Would you consider an ARC UK episode regarding Israel hater, foreign policy expert, John Mearsheimer? Um, I will consider Googling him. Uh, Morgan, do you know who that is? Um, I know his name, yeah, but I can't put a name to a face. So I, his name has definitely come up more than once. He's a name I'm familiar with, but I'm completely blanky on who he is. Um, but yeah, Ch Chenk is supremely awful in in debate. Um, I think he's pretty awful in monologue as well when he's on the Young Turks and he's just kind of going off. He's he's got the same problems, but um, yeah, I just I, I'll just make the same point in a way is that it's extraordinary to me that he one thinks he can be president in this manner. Maybe that's not so extraordinary since we've had Trump in, because it's not exactly that Trump was a kind of intellectual, loquacious heavyweight. But um, I'd, the Young Turks kind of, when I first came across them when I was a teenager, um, I didn't like them, but I I guess I was left leaning. So I, they struck me as probably a channel for people who considered themselves politically radical or something like that, who were kind of you know, interested in politics and and wanted to be very aware of social issues and so on. Um, and so in a way, kind of intellectually um, curious, precocious people. And when you're a teenager, that I think even if you're kind of obnoxious about it, I think that's a kind of positive trait because you'll probably grow out of the worst parts of it, right? Um, and so it's, it's amazing to me that 
they were able to strike that tone with me. And yet he is, he communicates so much unintelligence and communicates so much um, crassness. I mean, Douglas Murray, I thought was right when he called him a, a bit of a thug on the show, because that's just the manner in which he communicates. And that's when I think he said he was a racist. Um, earlier on in the show, I think Douglas Murray said something like, um, everyone of your ilk kind of says this. And what he means is everyone who defends Palestine. But Chunk jumped on Australia and was like, what do you mean, people of my ilk? As if that's what Douglas Murray was saying live on TV. Right. Yeah, by the way, this is one of the reasons why I've really become a, a big fan of the, the expression, these people, because, uh, first of all, it, it is putting people of a certain ilk in a group, and uh, it's dismissive enough and throws enough uh, in their direction that if they catch it and say, you know what, that's racist, then uh, you see really the, the their intellectual level. And I think with Cheng, the, um, the anger, when it's on his own platform to his own audience, works works with that audience because that audience will go to him because you know he's passionate yeah if you're if you're angry and shouting all the time and look like you're you know you're about to, to cause damage to yourself uh then you know you look passionate but i i really don't understand how his audience uh watches him debate and doesn't say hang on this guy you know when we did the episode about his debate with douglas murray mark uh, i told mark i thought he was more optimistic than i was but he he was optimistic that his audience, Cheng's audience, will see Douglas Murray really, you know, it was a very one-sided debate. I, I think, uh, I think, uh, well, I disagree with you. I think Douglas did very well on, the, on that debate. And, and and Cheng did particularly bad. And yeah, uh, Mark, Mark is hopeful that uh, stuff like that will cause people to change their mind. You know, it, it could happen. Um, some some people who will cause people to change their mind are our sponsors. Yeah, we have a sponsor for today's episode. Uh, the Ayn Rand Institute is sponsoring today's show. The Ayn Rand Institute invites young people who have read Ayn Rand's fiction and are interested in studying objectivism more deeply uh, with an eye to a potential intellectual career to Ayn RandCon. If you live in Europe, uh, we invite you to apply for a scholarship to join us for Ayn RandCon Europe 2024 taking place March 8th until 10th um, in Amsterdam. And if you live in the U.S., we invite you to apply for a scholarship to join us for Ayn RandCon U.S. 2024, March 22nd to 24th in Austin, Texas. You'll have a, the chance to delve deeper into objectivism and explore its application to a wide array of topics. Uh, you'll also have many opportunities to engage directly with experts in Rand's ideas, as well as meet Ayn Rand University faculty and get to know uh, current Ayn Rand University students and hear about their experiences. The deadline for applying for a scholarship is January 31st, 2024, 11.59 Pacific US time. So uh, that is very soon. That's next week. So make sure you apply. There is a link in the description and in the live chat. Uh, Morgan, you've been to at least one of those. I've been to all the European ones, by the way. I, I recommend them. And uh, we will have somebody from the Ayn Rand Institute on the reality show coming up um next yeah yes i've been to the one in london um and it is really good fun i do recommend everyone go um it is a good opportunity you'll see sort of all the great uh, ari speakers there um usually giving original talks or kind of doing fresh material so it's all very, always very interesting you can go up and ask them questions at the end they're very approachable very nice um everyone's very friendly looking to talk to people so it's a good experience um and something which 
uh, I guess was a novel experience for me when I went, which Razzy, you kind of teased me about, was I was always stunned by how tall people were uh, or how not tall they were relative to me. Because when you see people on camera like this, uh, you kind of Yeah, have to... Daniel wants to mention to our audience that uh, he and I will also be there. And I think you will be there as well, Morgan, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, I'm not going this year. But... All right. So but you can meet Daniel and myself. Uh, yeah. And they are all very nice. You know who doesn't seem nice is uh, the man we're talking about today. Uh, let's go back to him. Yeah, there's so there's one point in his uh, conversation with, um, uh, yeah, with who was it? Pierce Morgan, where he says... Yeah. Something about, uh, and, and again, this is weeks after the attack. He says, uh, you know, Israel should end the occupation now, immediately. And uh, that's the only way to bring peace. And again, Pierce Morgan doesn't ask him because Pierce Morgan is, is uh, wishy-washy. He's like, you know, he's the both sides kind of person. Um, how will it bring peace? That's, you know, th this is the question I would have asked. How is ending the occupation, as you call it? How is... Israel saying we are now backing off militarily now after the atrocities of October 7th. How is that going to change anything? What is that going to change? Is Hamas going to say, oh, you backed off, so we're going to lay down our arms? Is, um, you know, is, is funding to the Palestinians from the West through UNRWA, is that going to change? Is the education system going to change? Is society going to decide they are no longer, um, you know, uh, dedicated to killing Jews. So these people really can talk out of their ass and, uh, and, and, you know, have nobody challenge them on it. Where, whereas the fact is, Cenk knows, and, and he's against Israel, so it doesn't matter to him, but Cenk knows if Israel wants to live in peace, what they need to do is, uh, is uh, win this conflict militarily in a decisive manner. Yeah. And so with his debate on Destiny, one thing that Destiny did, which was quite good, was kind of pressed him on when he was criticizing Israel for the manner in which they waged war, for the manner of um, munitions they were using. Um, Destiny really pushed him on saying, well, how should they be doing it? And Cheng's answer was that, well, they should send in special forces and they should go very methodically through the tunnels, kind of man by man. And obviously, Destiny did the right thing and kind of erupted and said, that's going to lead to loads of Israeli soldiers dying. And Cenk didn't really have an answer to that. He kind of ummed and ahed and tried to argue against it in a way, but he didn't have an answer because of course that would be the truth. And what that really gets to is either one, he doesn't really have the view that what the government is there to do is to protect its own citizens and then therefore to protect the lives of its own soldiers first and foremost. So it should engage in tactics which aren't going to needlessly endanger their lives, like doing what he suggested. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I heard him make the same point on Pierce Morgan. What a despicable thing to say. I mean, the, the, because what that is, what that means is, okay, uh, Hamas has, again, devoted themselves to killing Jews, has uh, committed the worst atrocities we've seen, uh, you know, on video ever in, uh, you know, on, on such a on such a scale. And, uh, and, and the Palestinian people participated and cheered. And what we now need to do is send soldiers to what is almost certainly going to be their death because special forces is, is not a lot of people surrounded by savages. And by the way, he, he at some point accidentally um, says, I think he accuses the West of calling them savages. But yes, Chenk, that is the fact. Uh, they are savages. And so they would go in there, they would die. Um, they would not release the hostages because the people are taking part in this.
you know, the hostages are hidden in people's homes. Who is going to tell the special forces where the hostages are? Uh, so it's it's really a despicable thing. It's uh, it's you know, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that you say when you don't actually want the side that you're claiming you understand is a victim here uh, to win a war. Yeah, for sure. And we were talking a bit about whether he's motivated by anti-Semitism or not. Ultimately, whether he is or he isn't, his views on it and you know the method he would prescribe Israel to wage the war and add up to the continued de death of Israelis. A, continue, a ceasefire would lead to that or the manner in which he thinks Israel should be waging the war would lead to that. So that's ultimately what he's advocating for. Um, I think also what's clear in the manner in which he goes about arguing for this is because he'll he'll launch all this stuff against Israel and then someone like Douglas Murray will say, but look, Hamas are the real villains in the picture. They'll say something like that. And then he'll say, but of course I dismiss, I, I, um, of course I condemn Hamas. Um, you have no idea how upset I was on October 7th. So he'll kind of do a bit of hand waving to give it the veneer of kind of, isn't Hamas terrible? But then actually the majority of his time, the majority of his kind of emotional intensity is directed towards Israel and not towards Hamas at all. You don't get long dissertations about how terrible Hamas are and, and how much they're the people oppressing the Palestinians day in and day out. All you get is about Israeli occupation um, and all this kind of stuff. So it shows you really just in on that, on that level what he really thinks the problem is in the region. And it's Israel. It isn't Hamas. Um, and whilst I don't know how it figures out in his mind whether he secretly kind of thinks Hamas is pretty good. Probably not. But ultimately, given the way in which he speaks about it, he can't think they're as bad as the Israelis. He must think the Israelis are worse. Thank you, Jonathan, for the super chat. Thank you, Wes, for the super chat. Uh, Moda says at some point uh, Israel uh, wasn't occupying Gaza. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the occupation is something that they've been saying, you know, if Israel were now to withdraw from the West Bank to the 1967 borders in whatever time is left between and the complete annihilation of uh, the state of Israel, people will still say there's an occupation. So yeah, the word occupation is one of those things that they they throw in there, uh, you know, they after after the so-called occupation of Gaza ended in 2005, uh, they've they've added different uh, different different complaints like open air prison and so on. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, they, they, like I, like I always say, they do know better. They, they, it's not, they're not speaking out of ignorance. They're not like the woman who chanted from the mountains to the sea and didn't know what she was talking about and was asked what mountains. It, that's not, that's not Chink. Uh, he might not be, he's not, you know, the most intelligent person on that side of the, of the argument, but he is knowledgeable enough and intelligent enough to know exactly what he's doing. And, um, you know, I, I saw, uh, very small bit of that debate with destiny and uh and at some point what i what i was impressed by is destiny saying you know uh something to the effect of this is the this is not just hamas this is the palestinian people it's really it saddens me um that so few people we say this on the channel all the time but it saddens me that so few people understand that this is actually you know, always the case. You can't, you can't have, uh, you can't wage such a war if the people are against you. Hamas couldn't. Hamas would, you know, when, uh, when Hamas was fighting with the PLO, they were, they were, uh, that was what they were focused on. They weren't planning any major attacks. They had to get rid of the PLO in Gaza before they, uh, before they, they could go back to focusing on Israel. 
So there is no opposition, no real opposition to Hamas. There are other factions who share the goal and just, uh, you know, maybe have slight variations on how to do it. Uh, but, but yeah, this is uh, the, the attack on October 7th. We can't repeat this enough. The attack on October 7th was committed by the Palestinian people and their representatives, Hamas. And um, yeah, and, and we spoke about this. We spoke about this a lot. We spoke about this on yesterday's uh, show where we, we showed, you know, the, the so-called suffering on October 7th. There was no suffering. There were celebrations because Jews had been killed. Jews had been tortured. Jews had been taken captive captive by these savages. And uh, that was, you know, what, what you see, what you see from Hamas is the Palestinian people. And that is what Chang is siding with, even if he pays lip service to calling it atrocities. For sure. And no matter how much he kind of pays lip service, actually, some of the other people in his network are much more forthright about their opinions than he is. And I think is it his nephew, Hassan Piker, who sometimes goes and says stuff like America deserved 9-11 or brought it on themselves and, and things like that. So he certainly doesn't see any problem with hanging around with people um, who are much more forthright about saying the kind of things which he kind of skirts around the edges of or, um, you know, does the kind of veneer of plausibility, hand-waving kind of stuff. Um, so check, so he's certainly, he's certainly, um, worth condemning very, very strongly in all these things. And yeah, it's remarkable that he thinks he's going to win office with this. I don't know. Presumably he thinks he must have a chance of winning. Um, we'll see. I don't think he, has, I think, I don't think he thinks he has a chance of winning. And of course it's, it's, uh, not compatible with the constitution. He's naturalized, not natural born. So I think he's trying to challenge that whole idea, but yeah, uh, of course he's not going to, and of course imagine, but let's, let's imagine a, a Chenk presidency, uh, the world would be a much worse place. America would be much worse off because his ideas for domestic policy are uh, uh, the only thing that worse that's worse than that is his ideas for foreign policy. Um, but yeah, you know, there's we we can try to take comfort in the fact that he's not going to become president, but we should pay close attention to the fact again that somebody like that has such a massive audience, has people listening to him, listening to him for the news, for for his views. Uh, you know, just actually taking him uh, seriously, and we we see the effect of that in the culture, and um, we should worry. <laughs> well, he boasts in the Douglas Murray. Uh, debate they they get five billion views a year five billion, um. So we need to uh work a bit harder at chipping away at that. Uh, and we will continue to do so. So if you uh, see value in this uh, in this episode and want uh, our audience to grow to the size of Cenk Uger's audience, uh, Morgan might consider running for president uh, of the U.S. <laughs> at some point if. Uh, if that happens, I are you a U.S. citizen? I actually don't remember. No, I have U.S. family, but I'm a British Okay, citizen. you're not a U.S. citizen. You're also too young to be president by like legally, but hey, we can challenge the Constitution as well. So what yeah, are the rules? Uh, share, share uh, like, subscribe if you're not subscribed, and con uh, comment below. And of course, uh, we have two shows a day on weekdays, so the reality show follows uh, in a few minutes. We're going to ask why civilized people support the savages and we have don watkins joining us uh for that for that episode so uh make sure you tune in that starts in a couple of minutes 
Thanks, Morgan. I'll see you over on the reality show in a minute.